So before we get started, I want to tell you about the best thing that has happened to the podcasting world, and that is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You can go to anchor.fm slash start and join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. You can even find it on the App Store of any iPhone or Android. The app is called Anchor. That's A-N-C-H-O-R. Mr. Jeff Irwin here, so uh, tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, man. Uh, you know, come from a very conservative background. Um, I grew up in a trailer in Alvarado, Texas. Mm. Uh, Alvarado. Alvarado, yep. Um, joined the military, spent about six years in there, got hurt in Afghanistan, they retired me, and um, been kind of wandering around. Uh, when you say, through. hold on, so... You said you you got hurt in Afghanistan. You were, uh, yeah. We, um, yeah. You just glossed over that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty normal. Um, no big deal. I messed up my ankle uh, pretty bad um, coming down off of a called an LPOP, listening post observation post. Uh, you have to say that way slower. Uh, what post? Uh, list LPOP, listening post observation post. Basically, All right. We check things out. Um, come down off there for a my ankle pretty bad and then mm. um we were in some instances where i saw some kids get hurt real bad um had a little girl actually pass away on me oh, um man. and that really that really hung with me messed me up uh and then between all the right marches and everything else the other tolls in my body they end up giving me a full retirement okay um and then did some construction stumbled upon a uh that's when i started i had a marine corps buddy of mine um, I was fucked up. Like I was taking tons of pills. I was taking three oxys and a morphine tab every six hours mm-hmm. on top of antidepressants. On like a of, lot of veterans are. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, very. Uh, they they address the symptoms and not the underlying issues. And right. if you're silent, then there's not a problem in their perspective. And uh, and I feel like that's that's maybe changed a little bit since when I got out, but it's still a problem. And um, there was a Marine Corps buddy of mine who seemed like he was just doing fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's on Facebook, so, you know, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. Right, right. But um, I asked him, I was like, why are you okay? I'm not okay. Like, I'm fucked up. And uh, he's like, man, I just started smoking weed. <laughs> and I was like, what? Because I never smoked weed in high school. I, like, I grew up very conservative. Right. Like, that was the devil kind of right. thing. And um, I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. So I tried it, and I literally, over the course of, six months or so I, I stopped taking um all the, the opiate dependency that i had um mm. xanax i was taking xanax like crazy stopped taking xanax and then over time did you also have like a just, shift of like a shift of consciousness oh, not just like absolutely it was kind of just like opened mm. up all of the things that you were kind of yes it was um 
when they talk about weed being a gateway drug, that was the gateway to my growth as a yeah. as a person. Yeah. That's when I started. Um, I started reading. Uh, I've got a couple of books from uh, Stephen Hawking that I still right. have. They were like my first peeks into the other side of mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. your consciousness could be. And um, you know, I, uh, that's was that book served as a catalyst combined with cannabis to pursue you know more of the academic approaches. And from then, I've just been dedicated to. To growing my intellect and my soul, however you want to define that, right. uh, and becoming a better person and being more aware of the people around. And me. so is, uh, I mean, obviously, if you're studying psychedelics and yes. even Stephen Hawking's work and stuff like that, just mm. expanding your mind as much as you can. Oh, absolutely. Is that just kind of that became your love, like studying? Yes. Neuroscience, almost mm. in in a sense. If, yes. If that's what you do. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pre med neuro now. Um, I'll be going next semester. I'll be at moving over to the brain behavioral sciences school for UT Dallas. Um, and I'm what I'm gonna be focusing on is it's called molecular neuropharmacology, and it focuses on um, how drugs interact with our central nervous system and how it can affect and benefit us. Right. And, uh, what I would really be interested in is, is bringing validity to traditional medicines. Cause there's a lot of them that don't have any scientific backbone to them, right. but they work. And when you say traditional medicine, you mean, uh, like, uh, from an ethnopharmacological, pharmacological standpoint, it's like, uh, like traditional Chinese medicines, like the, the jungle medicines of the Peruvian tribes and stuff plant like medicine that. yeah plant-based yeah. medicines they have uh many that are that work uh we're, we just haven't spent enough time f- trying to figure out why they work because it's always just been dismissed as wood. is this is this what they call holistic whole it, it's holistic yes um without adding in the the americanized holistic mm-hmm. you know the, the, the traditional or the woo-woo and, yeah, and, yeah, all the <laughs> and that's that's what i think is so important is because it uh, has that stigma. Blue. Yeah, it, it carries a stigma, yeah. and I'm trying to break those down with scientific evidence showing, mm-hmm. you know, that these things can help us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, for one, have definitely experienced that change. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily marijuana for me. I mean, I mm-hmm. didn't grow up conservatively, and I did explore a lot when I was younger and mm-hmm. smoked a lot of weed. It was very common for me and my, my friends. But it wasn't... I think we did have an effect on like calming me down as mm. a as a as a wild kid. I don't know. I I stopped caring about like all the fights I was getting into or mm. or anything like that. I just became a more chill person, but it was psychedelics that really kind of opened me up to exploring not only consciousness but every other aspect of mm-hmm. our existence. Yeah, there, there's something in psychedelics that when you try to convey the experience to other people, it's like words and symbols just fall short. And, Absolutely. And Ramdas talks about this. He's like, he's searching for that other person that knows. Right. Like, do you know? Do you know? You know? Right. And uh, how long? How long have you been, like, interested in psychedelics versus how long you've actually had experience with them? And, when did like, yeah, when did when did when you were we what talking about that? What inspired you to like kind of explore that in, in that subject at all? Like psychedelics um, as a subject. With with the cannabis and 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 ex, ex, 
having interest into more things there's been there's been so many things where I'm like ooh that's interesting but I never go back and visit it mm -hmm. and when I started reading into you know quantum mechanics and stuff like these books from Stephen Hawking I'm like I need to start reading about these things that I'm interested in because there's so much more depth of knowledge and experience what does any of that have to do with like like psychedelics though like, uh, like mushrooms well, and acid and all that's that. where I get into um when I, I've always thought psychedelics were cool, but I never really gave it more thought beyond that. And then I saw, uh, I read The Spirit Molecule. Yeah. The DMV uh, Spirit Molecule. Okay. I read that, that and that was just Fascinating. like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and then that coupled with, I'd seen a uh, imaging of the brain and mm -hmm. the hyperconnectivity of the different lobes of the brain when you're in, in, a, in a psychedelic state. And I was like, what if there's something here? Because our senses are defined by, by five, our environment or the five senses that we yes. have that's that that's how we are form very them. limited to yes. reality yeah that's how we form our consensus reality is our senses and we've evolved in this one little bubble mm -hmm. and the way we've evolved our senses to perceive this environment to keep us alive um and when you start getting into the string theory and quantum mechanics michio haiku has some really good literature on this there in order for and this is, I'm going to get a little out there. Um, in order for this to work, the mathematics to work on quantum mechanics and string theory, is there has to be 11 dimensions. And that sounds really woo-woo, but that's advanced string theory science. Um, can, you, I, can you, like, summarize string theory? I quick? can't. I don't feel... I don't feel... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not... I, I, I don't want to start talking out of my ass. I really, <laughs> I really don't know much about it's, it. Um, it's insane. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to grasp. Um, I've tried. And it's, yeah, it's it's tough shit. Uh, that's right. That's right. I just try to trust. Even quantum mechanics is oh, it's, mechanics it's is strange. Just, strange things happening. Um, but yeah, that um, for when I when I say eleven dimensions, people just that immediately just kind of like flies out of people's head. Like mm -hmm. 11, eleven, okay. Very hard to perceive. Well, because we think of that. three dimensions, and yeah, maybe think, four is is stretching it. To to think, put it in terms for like the viewer, the listener. Uh, you have an x-axis, a y-axis, and a z-axis that we move in space, and that makes sense to us. Up, down, left, right. Mm -hmm. um, but if you were to have someone in a two-dimensional space, all they see is this, and if you were to pass through it with our third dimension, it wouldn't make sense to them. That's just like the psychedelic experience. It doesn't quite make sense. It makes sense when you're there, and you come out of it, you're left ineffable. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this hyperconnectivity could possibly, this is all conjecture, personal conjecture, um, I feel like that hyperconnectivity in the brain could be allowing us to access uh, states or or see things that aren't there, uh, or see or things that we are perceptible. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other side of that coin is even if it's not things that uh, like an actual reality that we're perceiving, that means these epiphanies and these things that we're finding and these entities we're contacting, um, they lie within our own mind, and that's mm -hmm. even more amazing. Well, they than exist. Possibly being alien. They exist in a realm of their own or in some realm that we absolutely experience these things whether mm -hmm. you know they're saying this is you're hallucinating and mm -hmm. yeah maybe but it's still a real it's a, still a reality it's still actually happening you're still making contact with something i mean mm -hmm. i definitely have and and for someone to say well that wasn't real it's like mm -hmm. bullshit i went through it yes and Oh, go ahead. oh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, another thing that's got to be factored in is just the wide uh, array of different substances that you can consume to achieve yeah. a, 
a psychedelic experience. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, just just from that alone, the uh, it, it, there's all sorts of different you know chemical fireworks going on whenever yeah. you're consuming all these different things. So I mean, I feel like I feel like that has to be not only factored in in how it's going to impact you, you know, mentally, like what what kinds of growth i guess mm-hmm. um what kinds of stimulus you'll you'll experience but it's it's also just like uh, mm, there's, there's a lot of directions that that i could continue to run yeah into, you know um, I mean? set and setting seems to be uh, a very powerful uh, like roadmap for mm-hmm. what you're going to experience mm-hmm. um and if you go into these experiences with intention and that's what makes it so hard to quantify scientifically is you you it's hard to data put intention into data mm-hmm. and it's hard to put where you're like your insight like it's it's that's where the ineffable part kind of comes in and mm-hmm. it's really hard scientifically to explain these uh these states of mind or intentionality prior to it and that's where the kind of like the, the concept of the soul the spirit kind of comes in and while that may be non-scientific it's definitely real it's a felt experience that everybody right and and apart from the visual aspect of psychedelics but the the work that it helps you to do like inward like Mm -hmm. the the work that's going on inside and the kind of insight uh that level of thinking that you achieve Mm -hmm. when you're in those states uh i mean for me has been the most beneficial thing like forget like the colors forget you know mm. i mean it's it's beautiful i fucking yes. love you know watching the the, the wind blow the trees mm. and and like i love that aspect but that also that I, when i see that when i feel that when i'm experiencing it the most important part is like the beauty that i am like starting to understand or that mm-hmm. I like I realize I'm connected to and it just makes me want to be a better loving compassionate person to everybody that I come across mm-hmm. on my day to day yes that's and why I feel psychedelics are going to be a, the, the big change that we're going to see in our society global society yeah would can we really call it a big change if we've been using them for like centuries though um well I think it what we're seeing is we were on the precipice of a big change in the late sixties early seventies when you had you know Albert Hoffman and mm-hmm. and, and Ram Dass and everybody um Richard Alpert Tim Leary Tim Leary these guys they were on the, they were on the verge of something um and we had a political repression of scientific advancement um and that's what we're seeing that we saw that for thirty forty years where we weren't allowed to study these things. Mm-hmm. And now that we are, uh, you know, psilocybin's already in stage three clinical trials. Uh, mm-hmm. They're using it in, in Canada already. And while that is great, I'm glad it is used in medicine. I want everybody to try this. Like, um, you know, when you first take psychedelics, you're like, everyone has to do this. And yeah. you're trying to push yeah. it on everybody. That's, and you that's been my that thing. Guy. That's been my thing for the longest time is I think if every adult had one profound psychedelic experience mm-hmm. once a year, yeah, we're going to be in a pretty good fucking place. It, it, it pulls you out of the situation. You know, anytime you're stressed out or you're dealing with something and then you pull yourself away, you go on vacation, you mm-hmm. chill out and you're like, okay, you relax because it pulls your perspective back out of that. And everybody kind of refers to it as that reset. Yeah, it's a reset, and, and it's literally a neurological reset. That's uh, what I was. That's what I was going to ask. So, from a kind of academic, scientific mm-hmm. standpoint, 
how would you explain what's happening whenever we'll just use mushrooms as the as okay. the question here um, what what happens whenever you ingest mushrooms and then wait what happens uh well you ingest mushrooms and depending on the type of mushroom depends on its psilocin and psilocybin content uh like penis envy they have more psilocin which is what your body your like let's say psilocybin commences it's mainly a uh, psilocybin mm-hmm. and you take that psilocybin your stomach acids convert it to psilocin it's more bioavailable and then you get the effects um so penis envy would be a just a dump of psilocin yes it's it's more it's, it's, it's more straight to it your body yeah. doesn't have to break it down yes. break the psilocybin down into psilocin yes okay. so it's it's more efficient and it's got a higher concentration uh penis envies are usually two to three times more powerful than your traditional they're my uh, favorite they're amazing yeah. um but um anyway that goes in your system uh psilocin psilocybin they 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 are very molecularly similar to serotonin and they mm. interact with your serotonin yeah. receptors. I think it's like one oh, molecule. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a one, it's, I think it's an anti. Uh, I don't I don't want to misspeak. Right. Miss, but it is just like one molecule very, away from. Uh, well, it's a it's being a, the it's same a chain off of the molecule that's slightly different. The right. molecule itself, like the, the carbon chain mm-hmm. and the branches coming off of it, are very like nearly identical. It's, I don't know. If I have a picture of it. I'll get back. You could you could bring them up side by side and you see that chain mm-hmm. come off, and that's the only thing that makes them different. Yes. So they so they interact with our serotonin receptors, and then mm-hmm. what happens? Um, you have what you experienced or what you, what we see in studies is, is there is a, uh, hyperconnectivity between the different lobes of the brain that are typically only talking to themselves. And I haven't, I have a, a an image on that. I can bring it up in, uh, here in a little while on, um, I have a different slide. Um, uh, but yeah, you, you, you catapulted in this, uh, this, this new subject reality or this new consensus, your own consensus reality, I guess. Uh, and then your brain consumes that chemical and you slowly come back out of it. Um, but if I were to kind of, uh, use imagery for this, uh, let's say you have a, 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 a snow covered hill, the kids mm-hmm. are pop sliding down mm-hmm. and you're the sled and you go down a certain pathway and that's a neurological pathway. That's how your neurons work in your brain. The more mm-hmm. you use this path to this action, mm-hmm. the deeper that rut gets okay. and the harder it is to get out of that rut. Right. So your whole life you're doing, let's say you have a shitty habit like uh, smoking and you keep uh, outside of the, the chemical dependence, you have um, a habitual, which is just your, your, you're used to doing this mm-hmm. and this. And um, what psilocybin is, is a fresh powder. Uh, over that and it doesn't eliminate the ruts you have to put in some work on yourself um, but it makes it easier to hop out of those ruts and establish new modes of behavior I see so that's why you see so much growth and even like with the ayahuasca experiences you see you see heroin addicts which is crazy because I was an opiate addict for Mm -hmm. for many years and I know how hard how deep those ruts are in the snow and for people to have you know an ayahuasca experience and they don't want heroin anymore that's that should be stage three clinical. Like yeah, we should be right. pushing that through right, right now. Why are we not doing that? Lives. Every that's, kind of groundbreaking right there. Yes, yeah, yes. That's, that's um, incredible. And even if it is a little woo, we should still, it, it deserves uh, our attention. A scientific eye. Right. You know, we need to. Well, I mean, that's like, that's like the whole point of the scientific eye. Is it, mm. That's the whole point of the scientific method is just like, who cares about everybody's opinion on it? Yeah. Test it out. See if it works. If it works, it works. If it mm-hmm. doesn't, then we move on and continue to find what works, yes. you know? It's like, 
don't ah this just like this whole culture of politicizing science and like making it a matter of opinion like it's do gross. you believe in science like who cares if you science, believe in science? science is gonna do what it's gonna do yeah it's oh man it it, it doesn't require you to believe in yeah it, it operates it. independently of yeah. belief systems absolutely um any other questions you want to bring up yeah, so, before we get into this? Or? So you got a you have a whole presentation for us. Yeah, and this is, what are what are what are you going to be presenting? What is this? This is a presentation I made a couple of years ago um, on fungal intelligence, and it's kind of like a um, uh, redefining for me. It redefined how I how I define intelligence, or it redefined what intelligence is to me. Um, because, uh, we'll, we'll just get into it actually, because it kind of flows how it's supposed to. Uh, and I have my little, little outline here to help me stay on track because my brain goes, I'll, I'll just, I will be on this for three hours if I don't keep myself <laughs> on an outline. So if you see me referring to this, that's what that is. So, um, so what is this presentation? Where did you, why did you build it? What this were you... was to, it was basically a present something that would that people aren't going to believe was this for a was this for a college course or yes it was for a college course it was just communications um but uh you went deep i want to give i want to give people something where they're like no it isn't like okay i want people to tell me no so that i can run them through the science and see well yeah like yeah uh suspend your disbelief for a moment like just listen to this um so how did your professor oh he loved it yeah, um, I, I won't name his name because I want to give him trouble right but he uh, absolutely loved he, it he emailed me later and was like hey I would like to discuss that more in depth with you nice da, 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 da. so it was pretty cool um but yeah uh so if you were to uh think on your visual landscape of plants and animals uh you know you see these organisms for weeks or months at a time and you build a familiarity factor with their with them you're like okay that's a leaf that's that um you know uh but with the fruiting bodies of mushrooms uh, the fruiting bodies of fungus, which are mushrooms, they appear and disappear in three to five days. And, you know, they're not really there. We don't, we don't have that established familiarity factor with there. Um, and with these, you know, some can kill you, like the destroying angel there. Um, How does the destroying angel kill you? Uh, it's a, it's, it's a poison. I don't, I'm not like a paralysis. Hyper yeah. Like pretty fucking bad. I, yeah. I don't know. I haven't studied it, um, but I imagine fungus killing you would be pretty fucking miserable. I haven't studied how exactly it does kill you but the, i know this is one of the most deadly ones that's fairly common you can find them mm -hmm. uh do not eat it do not eat it uh usually if it's white gills don't eat white gills at all period they will they will kill you and the gills are the, the place underneath yeah. there uh and then you have the shiitakes which also which have a lot of benefits you know you can they can they can feed you or they can kill you they can feed you they can heal you lion's mane has um it helps a lot with diabetes. It regulates insulin. What? Um, I, yep. I take lion's mane every day. Lion's mane is very beneficial for uh, diabetics in particular because it does help regulate your insulin. I don't take it for diabetes, but I take it for its well, other it's, benefits. It's, oh, yeah. There's a it's got memory. And yeah. It's really good for memory. Uh, and then you have the mushrooms that will send you on a journey <laughs> consciousness, you know, that blast you into a different reality. Uh, anyway. Is that why they're called the Golden Teacher? Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's where they get their name from, because you learn from them. Uh, but with these things that are so, you know, they're so beautiful, so ephemeral, um, we don't have that familiarity factor with them, so we get scared of them, and it's rightfully so, because they can really, they can do some damage to you. Um, but with that sphere, they're coming, we, we don't, 
study them if we're afraid of them or mm -hmm. we don't give them the attention they need because we're scared of them. Uh, so what I want to do is kind of shed light on these, these creatures and I call them creatures because they, uh, they do exhibit uh, some intelligent-like behavior. So I'm going to cover the cellular and biological distinctions of fungi, uh, define what intelligence is, because I, th I feel it's important if you're going to be claiming something, you need to define what you're claiming. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're all on the, kind of the same page of what that is. And then uh, I'm going to give some examples of fungal intelligence, which is kind of a fun part. Uh, so what is fungus? I made this for a classroom <laughs> of college kids, so I had to throw a meme in there. Right. Uh, it's a network-based organism, uh, meaning it can it goes out and searches for nutrients and stuff like that. Uh, what you see in the foggier parts is the mycelium, and then the heavier are established, basically highways for nutrients called hyphae. Uh, it's an aerobic heterotroph, which means it's very similar to us. We're heterotrophs. We consume parts of our environment for for to sustain ourselves and uh, to actually inhale oxygen, exhale CO2 like us. Oh, they do plants. the same? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, a lot of people think that they're, they see it and they're like, oh, it's a plant, it inhales CO2, it needs sunlight. It doesn't really need sunlight. Sunlight's just a directional trigger for it, for right. its direction to go. Um, yeah, they love oxygen. Uh, they like it, CO2 when they're in the ground, though. Uh, it's neither plant nor animal. We, we split uh, animals, fungus, and plants all split in the pro protesa era. Uh, and that's from UC Berkeley. And I have all my citations if y'all want to post them in case people are like, bullshit, right. yeah. I have the, the, nice. the, the citations. So we need to define what intelligence is. Intelligence, from Merriam-Webster, is the ability to learn, understand, or the application of memory or knowledge to navigate or manipulate one's environment. Uh, we're comparative beings. So we have to compare this event to that event, and then we adjust right. based on that. So this is the cool part. Fungal intelligence in motion. Uh, you have... Let's see here, navigation. So this was a study conducted, uh, I believe this was the Hokkaido University in Japan. Uh, oh no, this was Marie Helton. So this is the United States, I believe. Um, they, they built these cubic microfluidic structures and they let the mushroom or the, the fungus start to grow through it. And they found that, um, that it would find the ends, like the dead ends, and it would sense that and then retract itself mm -hmm. and then go the other way until it found it found its way out and it would pull all of its satellite ones off and then follow the one main path. So, and that's an example of intelligence. That's, it's, yeah, that's, that's the navigation portion. Uh, it can, uh, and here's the observing in cross and navigating the maze-like environment figure 1C. We conclude that it is the ability to solve mazes through the application of efficient space searching algorithms. And that's quoted from their, their research. Uh, it's a published, I think they published this in Nature, which is, uh, uh, what's the word? It has weight in the scientific community. It's it's uh, used a lot. Credible. Credible. There you go. It's a credible uh, publication. So, so for people who don't use words like algorithms, basically what you're saying is the fungus uh, is is somehow aware of which way is the most efficient to mm -hmm. achieve, you know, whatever end it's trying to achieve. Yeah, it doesn't In this just, case, sustenance? Is that it just doesn't hit that spot and then just keep growing in that spot. It's right. like, okay, I need to conserve energy. This is not a good, expo uh, this is not giving me more energy. Let's, let's go a different way. Very interesting. Okay. This, I love this. Uh, this was, this was done by the Hakata University in Japan and I don't really need this for that um but what they have is an agar map which agar is a like a it's 
you know, in petri dishes, you see that jelly stuff that they mm -hmm. put, you know, and it grows on there. That's what this is. And they took oats and they replicated Japan. Like the big oat is Tokyo and they put mm -hmm. the size of the oat depending on the size of the city mm -hmm. uh, by population density. Well, they laid out these maps, these, these nodes. This mold wasn't there. Um, and then they inoculated Tokyo with this slime mold mm -hmm. and they came back and within 26 hours, not only had it reorganized itself and literally replicated the Japanese subway system, it replicated into a more efficient manner than it is designed today. Oh, wow. Wow. And how did they, like, how did they measure that? Or, excuse me, how did they, um, like, how did they know that the way that the slime mold was they, arranged they was more efficient? They uh, compared If I can, I, I encourage somebody, uh, anybody who's watching this to check out the videos on it, but they, they lay over a subway map over it. They did it to scale and lay mm. a subway map over it, and they're just like, and they actually analyze it, but it's... That is very exciting. Wow. So basically intelligence on our level since we, yeah, and, um, and in some ways better. Yeah. In the way um, that, that makes they designed it, their, their route. I mean, think of the implications of this. It's it to make it really hard. How long to design that system? If we can rely on a fungal ally to do it for us, it's like a supercomputer in your pocket or in your laboratory. That's what I was about to say is it, it makes it really hard to quantify something like intelligence where we see it conventionally as, mm -hmm. you know, like my ability to do math or, mm -hmm. you know, articulate what I'm thinking. And, and, yes. and then now it's like... And you can get into kind of like the socioeconomic version of that too, where uh, we associate intelligence a lot with communication and how we talk mm -hmm. to one another. Mm -hmm. Like um, there's been many instances you see like people that are really closed-minded and can be a little racist. They think if they don't speak my language, they're dumber than I am. Yes. Because they can't yes. communicate right. with me. So that's that shows you our primal wiring for mm -hmm. if they can communicate through smart, you know, and we've stuck with that label of what intelligence means without actually observing it in a scientific setting. Mm -hmm. So yeah. did the uh the the way that fungus communicates in that way, would you say it's kind of like would neurons react do they act the same way it's, it's similar. or the way that electricity flows through wiring looking for the path of least resistance it's it's similar this is more uh chemical they, they send uh they have like chemical messengers that they send through their, okay. their little routes right, right. and they can like they're it'll grow out exploratorily and it'll just look like a mask growing outwards until it finds a node and then it retracts all that other shit and then it has that hyphal going up there and it's saying, okay, here's the nutrients, here's the route we need to take to get to those nutrients the best, most efficient. And it is sending chemical messengers chemical signals from place to place. Mm -hmm. Like it's, actual... It's, it's communicating with itself right. throughout. In 26 uh, hours, that's crazy. 26 hours, yeah. It, it did a job better than what modern engineers have done. Okay, so it can, years. it can navigate. So it can what, navigate. what else can it do? Uh, this is the other study. This is my favorite one, study three. And this was done by Hakata University, and this is done on timed intervals of cold. And they took the Fisaria mold, and they put it in a, in a chamber with the conditions that's favorable for its growth. Um, like it can, it's, it's warm and it's moist. And then what they did is at timed intervals, uh, at like 120 minutes, they blasted it with warmth, or with, uh, with cold, and it wasn't, uh, they made it more arid, more dry. So they take favorable conditions and they stack the favorable conditions away. And what you see, this is rates of growth, and it's growing quickly, 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 and then it gets blasted and then it drops down. And it's, it stops growing, it gets real slow. Imagine it's growing outward and they're measuring it on a, on a, like a ruler. 
Okay. And then they give it back its favorable conditions, and then on a timed interval, they blast it again, and then it drops down in growth, get it back out, drops down in growth. After a few times of this, when it came time for the fourth blast of unfavorable conditions, you can see it anticipates it and slows itself down. On oh. the fourth one, they did not blast it with the, they did not change the conditions, they just wanted to see how it react. And it reacted, it's like, okay, I'm about to get cold and it's gotta conserve that energy. And it waited, and when it was waited outside of the, the time frame, it started growing again. And then it, you see here, it waited again, dropped down, got back. It, that's showing that it, it possesses a functional memory, it's comparative. It knows that this is about to come, it knows that I need to conserve energy, so it anticipates an event. That's wow. a fungus anticipating events. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I have the to perform this. But function, how do we how do we prove intention? How do we prove that the fungus is trying to do that and mm. it's not just some kind of chemical? Because reaction? it works best for them. Because it's working. I don't well, know. This is how they summarize that that question. To for, to perform this function, it needs the ability to memorize the periodicity. Moreover, the organism memorizes not only the periodicity but also the specific phases of the period. And that's not saying. It's literal intention is this, but it's showing that it, it remembers okay. and it knows that it can alter its behavior to better survive in its environment. Okay. okay. Uh, that's just uh, highlights functional memory. But yeah, that's about it. Um, What's that quote from Einstein? Oh, that, yeah, it's from Einstein. It says, look deep into nature and then you will understand everything better. Um, I have some more stuff over here. I know I had some other, that's the stone Dave theory, but I have... Well, while we're talking about mm-hmm. research, though, so you're how how far into your academic journey now? Uh, it's about credits. I'm like sixty credits in or something like that. Okay, um, so let let's just let's just talk about research for a second, though, okay. because everybody and their mama is on social media saying, I did my research. Mm-hmm. So tell me what kind of research it takes for you to be able to submit your work mm-hmm. and be called credible and receive a, a, a good grade academically. What, what do you need to do? What are all the steps that you need to take to make sure that your research is considered research and recognized? Oh, man. Um... Especially as far into it as you are now. Yes. Because um, you're, you're not research. in high school, you know. We're not, oh, this isn't no. a book report, you no, know what I mean? If you're, gonna, if you're going to, there, there is a, a book on writing a book, mm-hmm. on writing a book about research. You, you have to provo- propose, a thes- uh, propose a hypothesis, mm-hmm. and then you have to uh, propose a method. You have to make sure all those methods are controlled. Uh, you know, you have to, you know, what I see on social media when they say, I've done my research. That mm-hmm. just means they read a, a slew of articles. And typically, or more, or watched a more typically a, a YouTube or, video yeah, or, or a viral YouTube. Facebook post. Or, and, and they're relying or on... Or a clickbait title they clicked on and got yes. some... Um, and they're relying on um, the, the words of others, which in, in a sense, that's what science is. We're relying on the yep. words of the previous researchers. But the problem with that is, can I take their findings and compare them against scientifically published studies? Mm-hmm. Is that does that have weight? And even mm-hmm. when you get there, does the publication that published that, do they have weight in the scientific mm-hmm. community? Because you can, you can have a lot of money and not like an opinion and be like, 
I'm going to make my own publication company and mm-hmm. I'm going to publish anything that aligns with my individual beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. Humans, even in the scientific community, they're human beings that have their own direction they want to go and they want to steer right. society in. Right. Yeah. One, thing, one thing I always found kind of uh, interesting is kind of the paradox between perceiving fact versus objective, just what is factual objectively. For example, like when everybody thought the earth was flat, it was perceived as fact, Mm. but it was never fact. And when we discovered that it wasn't fact, we realized that it was never fact. So the new truth was always the truth Mm -hmm. and the old truth was never the truth. Mm -hmm. And we have everybody trying to find the truth perpetually yes and that's what science is is mm. finding the supreme in, in infallible truth mm-hmm. the truth that is true no matter what anybody thinks no matter what mm-hmm. and it's just like a lot of people don't realize that like it's hard for them to like click that little mm. that those two parts together that if you if you have something that you believe is factual and you can present it and test it against, you know, scrutiny, uh, mm-hmm. especially against expert scrutiny. Yes. Then the, and it holds up. That's mm-hmm. the only way that you can, you can know, mm-hmm. but that, that again, it's, it's kind of like a paradox of the more, you know, I mean, you can never really know, mm-hmm. but you have to be confident in that. Yeah. Um, because you know, that's, that's as far as it's held up. That's as far as we've been able to understand and perceive Mm -hmm. in you know in the consecutive steps so it's 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 always fun uh it's always fun that's sarcasm it's not it's not not always fun trying to um have a conversation with somebody who doesn't actively perceive that who you know when presented with with new information Mm If it, especially when it when it comes to the to the scale of what what matters more to me, my ideals or being correct, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean. So and then we get into like you just just blind, just fight or flight protection of of your ideals of what mm-hmm. defines you of, of your mm-hmm. of your quote identity. You know what I mean. And it's like these are these are all moving pieces. You can pop it out and stick a new one in. Yeah, but. And, and nobody, people, nobody wants to do it. <laughs> people have a really hard time admitting that they were wrong as well. Yeah, that's one of the biggest problems. Eager. Yeah, and I mean, I won't, I won't, you know, pretend like I'm above that. Like I, I, that's one of the, that's one of the like worst things. Like I hate when people are like, "No, you're wrong about no, that." No, I can definitely. That's why I go above, above. I go, the, yeah, I go out of my way to make sure that I don't you know speak on things about. unless I know what I'm talking about or that I disclaim, hey, mm-hmm. I don't really know what I'm talking yeah. about here, you know? Versus so like we, can, we can speculate, having, we can having talk. The, uh, the will to do that, to at least say, well, look, I'm not, you know, very well versed on this, but this is my opinion and it could mm-hmm. be wrong. Yes, but that's, a, that's an important thing. People still have a really hard time doing that, mm-hmm. but at least you can do that. And, and I, I feel like getting getting ego tied up into it a lot is a big part of it. You got to go mm-hmm. into it humble and mm-hmm. be willing. Like, you shouldn't present this and be like, "This is my discovery. This is now the fact." Be like, mm-hmm. "This is my discovery. Please pick it apart and tell yeah. me where I'm wrong, so that we can have a stronger argument on this sci- possible scientific discovery." Right. You know, and, and with it, coronavirus. Mm. What people are so irritated about. They said this, and then now they're saying this. They don't know what the fuck. No, yep. you're seeing science happen in real time. Yeah. yeah. 
you're doing, we're giving our best guess because people are dying and we're trying to figure this out as quickly as we can. And yes, shit's going to change. Like our hypotheses are going to be attempted to prove and, you know, it's mm-hmm. moving. It's very fluid. Yeah. I like that description. It's real and time science. Everybody, and everybody has this perception of this, like, of this, like, textbook, like, solid chart of, mm-hmm. like, these are the levels of science that yeah. exist, and yep. this is this is real science, and you know what I mean. And it's like they don't, they yeah they don't they don't see the the fluidity, they don't see the the ever changing nature. It's got to be absolute because they learn that facts are absolute. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yep. it's just you got to learn how to wiggle with it. You got to learn how to speak in absolute, right? <laughs> so it's just like. And it's like, because you, you know, when you're, when you're in like first grade and you learn true or false, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Black and white things kills our country. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's just like, ah, man, it, it, it's become a whole thing, you know? It's, and like it's just like you try split. to have a conversation in any forum, whether it's on social media or in person. And mm-hmm. it's just like, can I get some dialogue, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Stop screaming at each other and figure this out. That's what the, the yeah, big thing right now is racism. Mm-hmm. And that ties in, you know, just the, it's the same mindset, just in a different topic. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got people screaming at each other, this is right, this is wrong, this is right, no, this is right. And you're like, stop. Mm-hmm. Look at the facts. Look mm-hmm. at at when our prison system came into a being. Mm-hmm. A couple of years right after slavery ended, like, and what were they doing in those prisons? Oh, they were working. They were doing the same thing they were doing with slave mm-hmm. systems. Oh, okay. Oh, we started writing laws that made sure they went to prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or that you kept the... the the prison system going yes and they needed bodies in there so how are we going to get bodies in there mm-hmm. let's a flood their of, flood their communities with drugs and yeah a lot of people think that like oh well, we had slavery ended and then they were human beings. no we've been no. sprinkling rights on people mm-hmm. uh over the course of however many years and that's why it's so complex is because people have this this reality that's not reality they have this truth in their mind that oh that ended mm-hmm. and now it's over mm-hmm. like no we We've just been sprinkling rights on people this whole time. Mm-hmm. We're not still there. You're you're deeply ingrained psychologically. Like you can't like some of these cops. It's hard to like if you get from like this Buddhist perspective on things. It's hard to be. It's hard to hate them because they are just how we are products of our environment. They're products of their environment. That's deeply ingrained psychologically to be afraid of black people. They don't mm-hmm. know it. They don't. They're not like deep down like their inner voice. Yeah, I don't like black people. Mm-hmm. Like it's something more primal. Mm-hmm. They've been trained to think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not intentional, so they don't feel it's intentional. So they're just like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. And we need to have you having a more complex conversation about what these things are and what equality is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's so complex. We just need more conversation. Yeah, I mean, just in, in, in the search for equality, it's like, where do you bridge the gap between equality and reparation? Mm-hmm. You know? And defining equality. Uh-huh. Like we define intelligence. If you're mm-hmm. gonna make a claim for this, you need to define what it is, so we can all be on the same playing field. Mm-hmm. What does equality look like? Mm-hmm. Right now, it looks like you know, uh, a black guy getting shot seven times in the back while he's reaching his car, and then a guy that literally just sh- killed two people on the street, and he walks by the cops, no fun. Like, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's even though that might not be on the surface intentional by them, it's happening. Right, and mm-hmm. we have to address it. Right, and you you were at a how many how many of the Protest, did you? So. Yeah, about Protests. half a dozen. Um, yeah, they were all very well organized. They required masks. They were, you know. What uh, uh what would you say, based on based on your experiences out there? What would you say the like, from the crowd? What would you say the police 
and authority response was to the majority of the protesting? In the protests that I've been to, it's been um, very positive. Mm-hmm. We've had really good interactions. Good, um, good. That's awesome. Went to two in Waxahachie here locally that were uh, escorted by the police, like mm-hmm. they made sure we were safe and stuff like that. And then I've been to a couple in Dallas where we didn't really notify anybody. We're just like it's called it's called it take the streets. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's in it's intentional to disrupt. Uh-huh. That's that's the whole purpose of this because when you live in a society that values money over people, you need to disrupt that money. Mm-hmm. Um, shake. Hey, you need to look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, there was a part, there was a specific point I remember because I was at the very front holding mm-hmm. the big sign, mm-hmm. and we cross this intersection, and there's a cop coming, and he comes to a stop, and we're crossing a fairly large intersection in Dallas, and he sees us, and then he sees the sea of people behind me, and then he pulls up and ends up turning on his lights and blocking traffic so that we can get through safely. Mm-hmm. And even through shutting down intersections, which I know is, is disruptive or whatever, but mm-hmm. that's kind of the point of it. Um, we so, haven't really had we've had some counter protesters that spit at us and, what do you say like to those people who are like saying well if you're going to block the intersection I'm just going to drive through you uh, that type of ignorance that's speak more to to them yeah. right? than speaking to us uh, we're not hurting anyone uh, but they got to get to work and they got to get their get paycheck and, and they and gotta, I understand that but but like you said once a society values money over people then you kind of have to you have to disrupt disrupt it and, and, and a lot of people are willing to, you know, if you want to come at me with your car, go for it. But and that's, what, I'm, that's, I'm doing it because I believe in this. What, yes. I'm, what I'm more curious about is the, the uh, common perception of how all of the protests are going versus how the reality. Right. So everybody yes. thinks that every protest is just, first of all, like... The, the the common the most common detractions I hear are you know COVID uh, concerns like oh they can they can go protest but mm-hmm. they you know we can't I can't go to the bar so that's the first one I hear a lot of uh, well, they, rioters and yeah. property destruction mm-hmm. at every single turn there won't be rioters of, and protesters well yeah yeah and there's a there's a lot of like attempts to conflate the two to delegitimize the legitimate protest mm-hmm. to say well if every protest is just gonna you know, destroy buildings and blah, 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 send the wrong message, then I don't support them, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, there's a lot of detractions against the legitimate protests that are happening, you know, still, like, mm-hmm. all over the place. Yes. And but in reality, there's more legitimate protests than there are rioters. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I believe that, but I'd like to... I, that, that's what I'm asking you, essentially, mm-hmm. is, like, how do you feel, like, based off of... Um, and again, we're, we're all, this is local. This is just Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I have friends protesting in LA. I have friends protesting, Atlanta. you know, all, all exactly all over the country. So it's like, um, there's, there's still a lot to be said, uh, a lot to be addressed, a lot to mm-hmm. be fixed. Um, and you know, it doesn't appear that it, it looks like in spite of all of the, uh, literal spiteful attempts to, mm-hmm. to undermine and delegitimize, the cause and the the movement you know the spiteful like attempts whether it be like let's get something else trending let's get anything else trending please pay attention to anything else Mm -hmm. besides uh you know racial inequality and 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 systemic racism and and uh you know just the the perpetual oppression of of minorities you know what i mean anything but that please Mm -hmm. can we just get off of that topic you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like that's that's the the common attitude um, among the detractors, you know, obviously not the, 
the well, most I think that's why to. we're kind of in the situation that we're in now is that for so long we've kind of pushed those issues you know to the side mm -hmm. and and you know we're distracted by so many other things like mm -hmm. uh you know, an incident that happened at a basketball game or just some, some really trivial mm -hmm. shit. Uh, it seems like for the longest time, society, like even since segregation ended, society has still uh, pushed a lot of those issues that are still going on mm -hmm. to the side, put them on the back burner, and uh, filled us with so many more distractions. Yes. Uh, so we are not paying attention to the issues that really need to be. Mm-hmm. And, and the comparison between the, the real lived experience and what's being portrayed on the media is, it is frustrating seeing it because you're like, I've been out there, you know, a half dozen yeah. times and anybody's, we've had people like try to start shit. Like you can usually tell, mm -hmm. like you're out there protesting, you're like, this guy's with us, but right. he's acting strange. Mm -hmm. And then people can feel that and they right. kind of start paying attention to it. We've had a guy start trying to destroy shit. Get a hold go. of them. Yeah. No, we're not allowing you to do that. We're not doing mm -hmm. that. Like, no, not only are they not doing it, they're actively trying to stop it. That's what I was about to say. So you guys are legitimizes what we're trying to do. Mm -hmm. We don't want that. You know, we're like What's we like, understand as a, as a snap reaction, people are going to tear some shit up. Well, and even if you have a group of a hundred people, mm -hmm. like it's very likely that oh. one to ten of them are going to be mm -hmm. idiots. Yeah, you know. Um, and the larger the group, the more idiots you're going to have. Putting uh, a stop to it before the opportunists see it and right. start doing it. Right. And it just mm -hmm. catalyzes this whole horrible... Then it, then it becomes what it's portrayed as, you know, right. which, which is rare. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's, it's so what would you thing. say, what would you say, being the one that was out there on the streets protesting, what would you summarize what you guys are protesting right now what, how, if, if somebody needed clarification we are protesting there's there's obvious injustices happen and it's so hard to, to verbalize these things but all we have to do is um is look at what's happening mm -hmm. um you're seeing an obvious difference in the way people are treated depend based upon their uh, the color of their skin mm -hmm. and this isn't just my feelings uh-oh <laughs> i'm sure you're sinking in a bit this just isn't how, to sit on the edge or something but yeah I don't know. this is not just like how i feel because again coming from a scientific background and that drives a lot of my thought processes is look at the data right. there is so much data and i can provide that to y'all uh so if y'all want to link it wherever y'all yeah absolutely. Right, absolutely um where there's there's been studies done and there's actual scientific data that show you know favoritism or you know right. this there's racism in the data right and, right um, um it's 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 so much more complex than i don't like him because he's darker than me it right. there's the implications you really have to research it to know it and mm -hmm. people won't do that because right. we live in a world of instant black and white and there's like they think everything like we were saying before everything's black or white they don't look at the shades of gray and we're kind of taught that at a young age when it comes to the it's either true or false mm -hmm. and instant information definitely shades of gray well you know to refer back to your your academic pursuits i mean how do you feel we could apply from a from like a medical slash like yeah yeah just kind of like a medical I guess uh, scientific 
uh, standpoint, how could we approach issues like that from your field? From where you're coming from, what 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 kind of tools do you Which think probably your, has a lot to do your field could provide to to that kind of issue? When you're when you're studying uh, neuroscience, mm-hmm. neurology, or even psychology, mm-hmm. sociology, a lot of that it's 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 all starting from our brain, right? And yeah. The way we treat each other, mm-hmm. and the way we're all products uh, of our environment. Um, we're moving like if you were if we had a computer that was able to, if we were to be able to put in all data, because um, uh, subatomic particles, they move in a certain way, period. And they're gonna behave in a certain way, period. And if we could put all that data into a big computer, like all the particles, positions currently, right now, put it into a computer, we could forecast everything that's gonna happen, everything that has happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hmm. Because your brain is a neurological process. The only reason this thought went into your mind is because your parents taught that to you. And the only reason they taught that to them is because our ancient ancestors viewed had an us versus them mentality because that was beneficial to our survival. Mm -hmm. And that's all moving because of this moved this way. And they're all judged. It's not just, you didn't have like a free will to make that decision, which is a whole nother, that could be an entire podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about free will. Um, but kind of like this illusion of free will, everything is moving the way it should. And hmm. if we can analyze and, and understand that, then, uh, which if you're following the model, we're going to, or we're not going to, mm-hmm. um, but just, oh, man, I got so far off of my, my <laughs> right now where I'm going. but if we, if we could understand that like people are products or everybody's not intentionally evil or most people are not intentionally right. evil, they're doing what they believe they feel is right. And, like, that's what's so important to me is coming from a hyper-conservative, rebel flag, flying, you know, deep red that mm-hmm. I was when I was younger to more analyzing the things that I believe and coming at your, your, your belief systems with an epistemological Socratic method and why do I believe this? Is that true? Does it, is it right to say the things I'm saying? Not enough people are doing that. And so how can your field of study, how... How can you use what can your mushrooms field? do for us now? Right. <laughs> what, what, what can, what can um, your your studies uh, do to change that in society? I don't know if we can change it, but we can give them the tools they need to change it. Mm-hmm. These, like what we talked about, the snow hill. If if we can provide these these methods, if you if we have mushrooms, if we have. Uh, psilocybin or lysergic acid or dimethyltryptamine or whatever we're using ketamine kind of using that now if we use more of a traditional psychedelic and we have we're able to cover up these older methods of thought that's going to allow people if it's more widely available you go to a psychologist you go to a doctor and I'm all gummed up and you get some psilocybin and you reset those things that's going to allow people to pull their their perspective of society back and start analyzing these things these People that have had these experiences know it's like we're looking at each other. We know, we just got to get other people to know. Right. So who? Let me let me put it. Let me ask another few questions. Who should avoid psychedelic experiences? That's a good uh, question. You should. That is a very, very important question. question. Um, if you have a family history of uh, bipolar disorder or schizophrenia, mm-hmm. you need to approach it very very cautiously. Or if if not. Uh, uh, Avoid it altogether. Okay. Uh, until it's... I would say to those listening, if, if you have a history of schizophrenia or if there's schizophrenia in your family or bipolar disorder in your family, 
I can understand it be tempting because you're probably you're probably suffering right. and you you're looking for something. Right. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do, what not to do. I would recommend waiting on clinical clinicals. Trials. It's in stage three clinical. It's coming. Um, wait until you're under the supervision of a of a professional. Right. Um, if you are going to do it, um, properly identify what you're taking. Know that you're taking it. Uh, pay attention to your set and setting. Know you're in a good place. Um, but my official recommendation would be to avoid it if you have a, uh, something like that. Uh, and do, some, do your own research, too, as well. Now, is there, is there um, you know, obviously there's, there's, like I said earlier, there's a, just everything in the world that you can trip off of. What, is, is it pretty much just the psychedelic experience is the same in terms of benefit or risk regardless um, or are there some that, you know, have pros and cons that are more favorable than another set of pros and cons with mm-hmm. another substance? For example, I know that, like, ayahuasca, like, everybody throws up. Yes. Um, whereas with mushrooms, only some people throw up. Mm-hmm. Whereas with LSD, it's like, I don't hear a lot of throwing up stories, but I hear enough to know mm-hmm. that some people do. Yeah. You know, and then you also have, like, all the test and research chemicals that just flood the streets of illegitimate you know yes. suppliers that just kind of making money want to want to sell party drugs to you know college kids and stuff and let's make your brain buzz for six hours yeah like, yeah yeah so i mean like what uh what what are some what are some ways to identify and distinguish not only what is out there but what is favorable in terms of you know either a achieving a psychedelic experience mm-hmm. like if you're just trying to just party you know i don't really recommend psychedelics it's not really a party drug yeah it's more, so, more so what 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 just you know just from what you know what do you um, think is like what should what should you be looking for and what should you expect from it um well if you if you kind of break it down you have uh there's very di- various different types uh there's tripped means you know there's very Tryptamines? There's, tryptamine. there's more than one tryptamine? Uh, tryptamine, uh, those are what you usually, typ- uh, typically what you see in uh, mescaline, dimethyl, tryptamine. Mm-hmm. These are tryptamines, they, they act. These different, there, there's main subsects, uh, which you have like your mescaline, you have lysergic acid, you have this, and they're all different avenues, and they're kind of going to get you to the same basic psychedelic experience. It's mm-hmm. like, let's say you have like the center of a circle mm-hmm. is that is like your universal truth or your psychedelic experience and then you have like mescaline on the outside you have lsd you have dimethyltryptamine you have all these other things and they're just they're different roads to the same thing or like it's, they're just different spokes on the same wheel yeah you're, you're, you're gonna get to that to that psychedelic experience it's like how do you want to get to it which road do you want to take do you want to take the scenic route with ayahuasca yeah. <laughs> take you know the 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 or the of, the fifteen minute dimethyltryptamine yeah, experience. There's, there's different roads to get there, and and the, it all kind of uh, it just depends on what you're what you're searching out. Um, like if I were if I was going to if I've been feeling really shitty and I've been like, man, I feel like gummed up. Like I feel like I'm 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 not as patient as I usually am, and I'm not I'm I'm feeling more sad than I usually am. That comes with self awareness practice, mm-hmm. but. Um, that if I was feeling that way, I'd be like, I need a I need a mushroom trip. I need some mm-hmm. psilocybin to help me reset and refocus. Yeah. And if I'm like falling in love with life again. Yeah, falling. It's it's more of like looking at yourself with mushrooms. For me, 
personally. Mm -hmm. And if I'm like, man, this situation with race is really difficult for me to conceptualize and to verbalize, but I have, I know what I feel. It's hard. That's, that would be an acid trip for me. Mm -hmm. That would be lysergic acid. It's more of a, it pulls you out of yourself, not only out of yourself, but it pulls you kind of back out of society too and allows you to analyze society as a whole. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you start getting into dimethyltryptamine, which is uh, the active component in ayahuasca, it just doesn't have the main, main uh, monoamine oxidized inhibitors that, that ayahuasca has mm-hmm. uh, to prolong and change and alter the experience. But um, that's more of a complete reset yeah, or something. Like tearing down the fabric of reality yeah, and absolutely. going beyond. Yeah. Um, so I saw you had a folder in there about the stoned ape theory. Can we... Yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. I'll skim through it really quick because I don't want to. I don't want to give y'all a whole another <laughs> a whole out, a whole another hour. Uh, the but, stone date theory is very interesting. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's. So why why did you why did you approach the stone date theory? Uh, the stone what's date the, theory. What's the for context? Me, um, Terrence heard, McKenna is a badass. And I heard Terrence like, McKenna talking about it, and like the very first thing my brain was like, oh. That's it. Like, that's the answer. And then I was like, okay, calm down, Jeff. Like, <laughs> put on your science hat yeah, yeah. and look at this. And I view the stone date theory now. I don't know if the, the TV turned itself off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm at the point uh, now where I, like, I see, I see the stone date theory. Very credible. And uh, it, it's, or... it's, it's credible. It's, for me personally, I view it as stretch a this bit. is a really cool possible explanation. Uh, I'm not going to say, like, yes, this is how our, you know, we have this, uh, this, this cranial growth or this, um, cerebral growth inside of our, uh, that happened very happened fast. Happened very fast. I, don't know I have some, I have some, uh, what am I doing here? Um, I have something, let me see here. I don't know which one. I have them in two different formats. Um... And so for people who aren't familiar with the stone date theory, it's basically a theory of how the the uh, the brain developed and grew at a rapid rate. Um, what was the cause? A lot of people mm-hmm. talk about, you know, the consumption of meat was mm-hmm. one of the... It's, when we, it's around the time we started cooking food. So right. it's, if our uh, survival and evolution is conservation of energy, and if it doesn't take as much energy to process these nutrients, they're more bioavailable, they're more available and so uh this theory is saying that psychedelic mushrooms Mm. could very well have been a catalyst as well yes and uh i do have some supporting evidence here uh and they call this the stone date theory it's actually uh if you were to speak about it scientifically it would be the stone date hypothesis it's kind of an unprovable hypothesis the way it's set up because we can't really go back and measure these things and it wasn't Um, and I don't think Terrence McKenna came up with the idea, but he was able to adopt it because nobody in the scientific field wanted to kind of touch it. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, that. That's what was really tough about science back then. I I feel like it's a little more open today, but there's still problems with it of, of shutting down ideas. Right. I think we need to stop. Still that. a lot of ego tied oh, into yeah. a lot yeah. of theories. Like that's not like everybody told you know well, when people work really really hard. Yeah, to they their their lives work these conclusions mm-hmm. and I mean I see it a lot in martial arts you know where where people will dedicate their entire lifetime to or or a significant amount of their life to one way mm-hmm. and then they learn that there are other people who are learning other ways and instead mm-hmm. of you know instead of instead of rounding themselves out and, and filling in those gaps 
you know, they they become vulnerable to mm-hmm. all the other ways that there yes. are to get from point A to point B, in, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a, a setting like that. Mm-hmm. And I, so, I feel like knowing these things, even because this does have some weight to it, um, and I think we should consider it. Uh, I don't think, like... I think it's really cool. I think it's a possibility, and that's why I wrote this up because I just I really was in love with the idea, and I wanted to be able to convey this to people without sounding like I'm bumbling or I'm rambling because I'm right. bad about rambling. Right. Uh, I'll start <laughs> talking, love, and then we'll be talking about start a podcast. We'll be <laughs> talking about something. Could you else. hit the red button on top of that? Yes. Uh, this one. Yeah. Like we'll be talking about. Good. You know, we could jump down a rabbit hole and we'll be talking about something that has nothing to do with it. I'm like, fuck! I had a point, like, you know? Yeah. Uh, so this was, like, my way of putting together something where I can convey that information without getting sidetracked. Right. Um, and I don't have notes or anything on this, so I'm just kind of trying to work my way through it. I didn't really prepare this one. Theory, hypothesis, like I said. Uh, it covers the expansion of the brain cavity, the hominid discovery of psilocybin-containing mushrooms, like, how we came about them. Like, we didn't just start eating mushrooms. No. Like, there had to be a... Right. Um, incentive the implications of regular ingestion because uh, there are some genetic things that happen uh, so here's the brain cavity expansion over time uh, you have australopithecus right here and I think something will pop up here in a second that will show when uh, we had started seeing a uh, recession of our of the forests in Africa um, let's see if it pops up so we have an unexplained rapid cranial growth right around here, where we have Homo habilis, and it just shoots up, and we're like, right. whoa, that doesn't really, you know, that's not how evolution usually works. Right. Um, and right here is when we see a, shrink, a shrinking of Africa's rainforest, and we start seeing the development of savannas. And, and this is uh, over a, a period of, like, millions of years. Yeah, these, this down here, is, this is actually a scale of millions, one, uh, two, three, four, five, and it goes down. So this is over millions of years. Okay. Uh, but here you see uh, the shrinking of Africans' rainforest. You start developing savannas, and you have like the the primitive cattle. More of a need to come out of the trees and yeah. our, find our, food on the ground. Yeah, our our rainforest. We had to c- climb out of our arboreal home. We didn't have. We had to search for nutrients. We had to survive. So we started hunting, uh, traveling across these savannas, and uh, we become hunter gatherers at that point. Uh, and when you're hunting and gathering, you're you're following scat, you're looking for shit. Because right. uh, not only uh, is that tracking animals, but it's also a source of protein underneath it. There's usually bugs and stuff like that. So you have these bugs that are under there, you're using that as a source of protein while you're while you're hunting. But also, Psilocybe cubensis grows from uh, manure. And you come across this mushroom, you're hungry, you're with your tribe, you have this big fleshy mushroom and you eat it, and then 15, 20 minutes later, you're blasted into a completely different reality, and you're like, what the fuck was that? Um, it makes like to me that had to have been happening and well, it doesn't and, make sense that it wouldn't and some well, things to i think i feel like some things to just like touch on just is like when you experience especially like your first psychedelic experience mm-hmm. uh especially imagine without context right in a time mm-hmm. where we haven't even started like religion yet oh yeah where we don't even have concepts of like how the world works or why or like imagine we, being that like, yeah. what was that right. like? like? What is first, his brain we don't, first we, don't, trip. we don't have a, a, a buddy who's like, hey, man, check out this album and just chill out. You know, yeah. breathe for a second, you know, go go to the back room and turn the lights down. You know, we don't, ha- we don't no. have that in that setting. You know, we have, like, the hot sun and bugs and what is happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if so you were to think gotta about be, it. That's got to be, you know. And if you were to think about it, like, if 
Australopithecus were to come up and just grab a fistful of those and eat him, he probably wouldn't eat him again. But mm -hmm. given this time, um, they they know that I have to test a little bit of something in order to survive. Like I know they eat just a little bit of this because I don't know what it is. That's how we tested things. So they out. probably got that little. They probably got a little microdose. Sensory. And what happens? Elevation and uh, with psilocybin, I think I have the study in here. Which there's psilocybin. Um, there's your molecule. Yeah, it is. Um, with those uh, substitutes of serotonin, here's actually the side by side I was talking about yeah. earlier. It's just missing this phosphate group. Or, uh, phosphate. Um, is that a phosphate group? Whatever. I'm not going to jump That's down the chemistry think it is. hole. Um, but, uh, and you don't have two hydrogens. There's two hydrogens instead of three hydrogens here. Anyway, um, substitute serotonin uh, and act actually activates neurogenesis. Uh, previously, we believed that uh, you have your brain cells, and if you kill your brain cells, that's it. You can't get any more. Quit having pain. Like, you're, you don't get more brain cells. Well, you Serotonin, with psilocybin, you do get more brain cells. Um, Interesting. It literally activates neurogenesis. You will grow new nerve cells, which what that is in the itself. scale? Like, is it like you grow like five cells? I can't speak like on it. Um, this is the, I, again, with this, I, I did link my study. So I can't speak to that offhand. Uh, if you want to look at this study, and I'll give you all the information on the studies if you want to link them, you can look into that and you can look at rates of growth and stuff like that. Um, but activist neurogenesis and, and, and speaking for like why that would be beneficial for them is increased acuity of vision. This is the one that speaks to it. Uh, here's a study, uh, psilocybin induced contraction in uh, nearby visual space. It's a study showing that it does increase, it makes you see better. Yeah, perception. And seeing better equals I can detect predator. And yeah, I don't think I've ever worn my glasses while no, I was um, having a psychedelic experience. Yeah, I know people that literally That's interesting. don't have to yeah. wear And I have, I have terrible, terrible, terrible vision. I've never done if I do, if I if I take off my glasses I cannot read anything on that screen until I'm right here. The big now ones? I can read the big words. Oh man! Wow. If I'm here, I can't read the big words. I I can make out effects of psilocybin if I squint. Mm -hmm. So like just imagine you know again imagine the implications of that when you're like hunting. Yeah. And then, right. and then you have like a boost of of vision acuity like. On a scale like that, you become like, a more efficient or hunter. Like me doesn't you and your tribe, and I can yeah. see yeah. things, you know? you're a more efficient hunter. You and your tribe eat better. Yeah, you can, and you can avoid predator. Right. You know, so you you survive long enough to pass on your genetic material. So you, the psilocybin user, whatever caused you to be okay with eating that, your kids are going to be more okay with eating that. You're passing down that genetic that information, uh, and it resetting of this is also very important. It's a resetting of the conditioned response, and this was actually published in a neuroscience. Um, and when I say resetting the condition response, that is more like, let's say you had PTSD, you were in a car accident, you have PTSD. And every time a car comes up behind you fast on the, on the road, you, that's a condition response. You get an anxiety attack or and something like that. It resets that condition response. Um, you have this treatment, the psilocybin treatment, and now you're on the highway and somebody comes up behind you fast, you're no longer clenching. You don't have that, Ugh, like, it's resetting the condition response. Now, that's kind of defeat fear uh which is also very important increase fear is very fear. important yeah. also so um you come across you're you're more brave you can mm -hmm. see better mm -hmm. uh you know these are leadership qualities these are the ones that the females are going to want to mate with that you're going to pass mm -hmm. down and that's uh and i'll get to that in just a minute he's not really a badass he's just tripping on mushrooms yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, these this is a placebo um this was given to uh 
you know, anytime you're doing a scientific study, you need to have a placebo. You need to have a control. Right. Uh, you need to give them something as well as the other people so they, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but this is the, these different colors represent the different uh, areas of the brain that typically communicate. You know, uh, you see hyperconnectivity within themselves. They usually communicate within their own lobes, but they, there right. is some communication. Uh, but they did a study and quantified this with psilocybin and look at the hyperconnectivity in the different lobes of the brain. Jeez. That's what I was talking about earlier. You know, yeah. that connectivity, you know, what That's what really access? piqued your interest yeah. when you saw this, that comparison. This was like my, holy, sh this is what, this image right here is what turned me on to psychedelics because I was like, look at, look at this. Like that is, well, I mean, just well, you can even see the, that, you can even see the way the brain lights up when you're looking at it yes. on a, what is it, a CT uh, scan? or They have a diff many different methods. Different ways of viewing yeah. that, but mm -hmm. the way it lights up on psychedelics yes. is fascinating. And just, just, again, like, I keep, I'm just marveling over, like, trying to put myself in the shoes of, like, an ape man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Who, who ate, ingested these, and then now your, your sense of smell is communicating with your sense of... Uh, with your vision, right. with your taste, with synesthesia. Your, yeah, it's like everything. Because I mean, I can speak to this personally. I don't know how it's quantified in science, but I know that the it it all feels like it. Everything does feel a lot more connected. Everything mm -hmm. does feel a lot more like it's working in sync with each other as opposed to individual operating systems. You know, sit down if you can. Oh, so I was just trying yeah. not to block the TV there, yeah, and then I got kind of sidetracked. Get your sexy ass on camera. There's My the <laughs> hyperconnectivity. Uh, so the implications of this, like, yeah, they ate at the trip, it's cool. Uh, but what you're seeing is they're eating, it's not just like he eats it once and then now our brains are growing. Like, right. you know, this is This is millions of instances of ingestion right. over millions of years. This yeah, is right. like, of generations. I don't want to convey this as like, we discovered mushrooms in our brains just boom. No. Like, well, it, was this a, is, it was a boom. In, this is, in the, it is a boom. Compared to when you the, zoom out. Yeah. Uh, this the growth, just, you know, relative. Like, it didn't just transform us over the course of like this. Like, mm -hmm. this was millions of instances of ingestion over millions of years. Um, it causes favorability among mates, increased acuity of vision, you're more brave, you're more empathetic, you're more compassionate. You're um, charismatic with your mate. Yeah, you're more, you're more aware of other people's feelings, mm -hmm. and that's important as a leader. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that increased survival ability translates into increase of breeding, and then altered DNA passed down epigenetic and neurogenesis. This is where, uh, there's actually been some studies done on epigenetic, or not epigenetic neurogenesis, that's mainly for psilocybin, but uh, like trauma, passing down trauma in your DNA, you can literally pass down like, like if I had a trauma in it and it induces post-traumatic stress and depression and all that stuff, I'm more likely to pass that depression and stress mm -hmm. on my child right. genetically. Absolutely. Well, we're passing down this, these brave, this bravery, this acuity of vision, we're passing this down through epi what's called epigenetic neurogenesis or what's been labeled as that. Um, I can't remember who who, who had that name for that, but there's a conclusion. We have been to the moon, we have charted the depths of the ocean and the heart of the atom, but we have a fear of looking inward to ourselves because we sense that is where all the contradictions can flow together. That's Terrence McKenna. Yeah. But, That's my dude. Yep. Well, I saw, um, it's, it's funny that, that uh, it was timed this way, but I saw a uh, graphic on Facebook um, that indicated, you know, that some historians have discussed that uh some of the berserkers from north uh, norse history and norse yeah. mythology were uh 
in a in a heightened like hunting state trance like state due mm-hmm. to consumption of psychedelic mushrooms yeah. and it's it not only does that um you know it, it not only is that fun to speculate on but also just like these kinds of all the different kinds of instances where where uh these where human beings acted in a capacity beyond themselves uh yes. whether it was intellectually or in combat or in hunting or mm-hmm. in you know caring for for others you know it, so many instances where if that was the catalyst you know oh that makes so much sense it does. That makes so much mm-hmm. sense now but it's not something that the the common person especially the common person who has no interest yeah. in in uh psychedelics it's, it's not something that or holds the same like like a lot of people a lot of, of people don't even want to like increase the amount of knowledge that they have right like it's mm-hmm. crazy to me that's insane a lot of people <laughs> don't even want to like become a smart they don't want to learn something yeah. today right. they don't uh, want to learn especially something at the cost of the ideals that they've been reinforcing their entire life mm-hmm. right you know? that really shakes people yes. uh, because and that's that's what's gotten really become very important to me is like that that self-awareness and mm-hmm. that analyzing your own beliefs and stuff like that because if you have a cornerstone and you identify so deeply with a belief when that gets mm-hmm. pulled away from you like that's that's traumatic yeah like that's, yeah you know that's why you see people on facebook or wherever they just short circuit and they rage because mm-hmm. you right. challenge who they were as a person mm-hmm. by questioning the belief because it's not it's not challenging the factual legitimacy of of a statement it is do it like is are you attacking my identity right mm-hmm. are you attacking yes. my tribe and my identity yes and that's that's one of the things i was i was reading about this and in, in one of the just passing facebook posts uh pretty what i would call a hot take is just that a lot of people are baffled by people's blind support of you know obviously terrible people like like joe exotic or, or donald trump mm-hmm. or um you know people that that are unlikable on purpose and people like them for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it is, it's a fascinating thing to, to think about because it's not, it has nothing to do with supporting who they are. Mm-hmm. It only has to do with the fact that they hate the same people. Yes. Right. And that is so it's fascinating. Like, to I saw me. someone like, say that Donald Trump was the asshole's president. Like he emboldened yeah. <laughs> every asshole to be even more of an asshole. And it's like it's like, you know, never mind the uh exaggerations, never mind the um the the you know blatant lies. Yeah, never mind the <laughs> the stuff that, that people have manufactured to, to right. add add like an accelerant onto the fire. Like just on the face of the issue, like you don't have to there's no amount of logical persistence that is going to make it click it's not a it's not a lack of understanding they totally understand what you're saying mm-hmm. they don't care because fuck the people that are on the other side of the side that I'm on yes you know whether that's you know uh whether it, it, the, the 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 dichotomy exists the duality exists in in virtually every every mm-hmm. setting you know what i mean there's the the people who want to keep it the same there's the people who want things to move yes and um it's 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 just incredible to me it's just the uh the uh, how high of a priority is placed on like remaining complacent and reinforcing everything that you've you've learned up to now as opposed to expanding beyond that and yes. and, and uh uh like i live to prove what i knew yesterday wrong you know mm-hmm. what i mean i yeah. live to 
I live to see how far I can push the envelope of what I understand is factual and what I understand is true. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I, it, it, it blows my mind that other people aren't that way, but I would a lot of people that. aren't, and and mm-hmm. our and, our, and we were talking about this on on our uh, first episode is uh, so like our culture doesn't incentivize that it it incentivizes the opposite. It yes. I would hope that if psychedelics, uh, you know, did become more mainstream and people did get to have that experience, they would, you know, just like me, just like you, you know, when it came down to our first experience with something kind of mind expanding, mm-hmm. if if more people had the opportunity to do that and were more open to that. Um, we we would uh, we would get more people um, on the side of you know m- having morals like mm-hmm. uh, for me like when it comes to Donald Trump like whether he does great things as a president or not mm-hmm. I just morally cannot accept the dude mm-hmm. like I cannot support anybody like that mm-hmm. morally and it, it's, it's and tough like. Uh, especially, like, when you have people you care deeply about that fall into that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no. Like, but it's like, it, it, it is so, like, double-edged. It's like, in your brain, you're almost like, have you been like this the whole time? Yeah. Right. And then on the other side, it's like, I mean, I know that they've been like this the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they've been more polite about it before they were emboldened. But yep. this is right. this is something that... You know, you have to look inward at yourself. You have to be like, I tolerated this all the way up to this yeah. point. And I didn't, you know, there was, there was nothing that I did to contribute to mm-hmm. making this person maybe not that way. Yeah, like, they obviously, obviously, up, but that's their belief. Like, yeah, obviously yeah. everybody is accountable for themselves. Everybody has their own person to, everybody's got to be their own person. But there's definitely a lot that the current climate, the current social climate speaks to in, in terms of, how much we have just kind of well that's their opinion you know mm-hmm. how much we we've we've let we've let people just sit in really toxic mindsets really mm-hmm. um you know divisive mindsets and and one thing that uh you know Jesse and I have talked about before is like when when you're it's really hard to to quantify things like good and evil. It's hard to it's hard to determine what is good and what is bad and what is justified mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. But if you wanna just get as like close to to an objective definition, we can call it what is constructive towards mm-hmm. perpetuating the human race, uh what is not constructive towards that. And and not just the human race, obviously that that umbrella covers environmental mm-hmm. uh conservation, it covers you know, uh, social progress, it covers, mm-hmm. um, you know, the science and technology, technological innovation, medical innovation, you know, all yes. that stuff, just uh, the advancement of the human collective. Mm-hmm. If we can identify that as good, then it's very easy to identify behaviors that are bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if it doesn't contribute to that, uh, for example, you know, like two party polarized politics, like there is mm-hmm. nothing that it, 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 in, in terms of utility, it keeps people busy. We sh- we should have evolved beyond two party system yeah. a long time. Yeah, long for ago. sure, for uh, sure. That's... But it keeps people busy. It, it keeps people looking in this direction just long enough to right. redirect yeah. their attention this mm-hmm. way to redirect. And and one of the things that I I say the most to just like people who like call me, uh, 
whatever side of the aisle they're calling me because you know I have I have opinions and and beliefs that support and contradict or, or detract from mm-hmm. both you know what I mean right yeah. and so it's like whenever somebody's trying to identify me as the enemy uh, uh some belonging to the enemy tribe I tell mm-hmm. them you know the, it's the way I see it is the left wing and the right wing are part of the same bird they are. yeah and if they're part of the same bird you don't say the right wing has cancer you know, yeah. but the but the bir- but the left wing is good, so no. so no. we're good over cancer. here. Exactly, yeah. the bird is sick is is yes. what we're trying to say, and and people need to be if if America is quote the bird, then mm-hmm. we need to be looking for the collective health of everybody, mm-hmm. every American citizen, not just the ones who like what I like and or hate, more importantly, not the ones who hate what I hate. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to be empowering and emboldening that. We need to be pulling away from that and say. What is good for the collective so that human beings can exist longer? Because right now, the rate at which we consume our environment, the resources from our environment, the rate at which we, um, you know, uh, uh, refuse, I guess it's not really a rate, but the, the, the amount of stagnance that, that we've, we've kind of just sat in. Mm-hmm. We might be at the point of no return, and we, we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah, and that's, that's, kind of, well. that's kind of what we were talking about uh, in our um, previous but, conversation. You know, we're getting pretty uh, late into this, and <laughs> you, no, you can go on forever, but you also do have to go eventually. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap it all up, like you personally, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a person, as, uh, as, as far as your studies go, and as far as your hopes for the future... Um, what can you just say on those things? Uh, I hope that with my history and where I come from growing up, that allows, coupled with research, that allows me the ability to learn these things and then convey them to people that would typically reject them. Mm. Um, I feel like I have, I'm thankful for my hateful past because that gives me insight and an ability to communicate in a perspective that typically you wouldn't have. You're like, right. okay, you hate these people. And I understand why you hate them. Like, because I was there. And I want to use my previous shittiness uh, and misdirection. And I want to learn from that. And the things that I learn, I want to be able to communicate to the people on the other side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, I understand. Like, I come from yeah, the like same I place. Like, I understand. Like, I feel your fear I, I mm-hmm. know where you're at mm-hmm. like I really identify right. like, I don't identify with it anymore but I, I can I can understand and you, you have insight have to insight. their thought process here's, here's the ladder that pulled me out of that hole right. mm-hmm. like let exactly. me show you this ladder you can climb you gotta climb it but here's the thought here's process the that pulled me out of that mm-hmm. right yeah. I wanna present that to as many people all because you got back from the military and wanted to smoke I wanted some relief I was like I'm tired of these pills they're killing nice me. That's beautiful, so. man. It's a it's a beautiful story. Um, it's great research. Uh, keep it up, man. Just don't ever stop. Just uh, yeah, make it's, that your life's I'm passion. For it. Yeah. yeah, man. It's yeah. it's just crazy to me that like a system that demonizes it so, you know, that's so. I mean, now conflicted about it is like what drove you to yes. uh, right uh, right the 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 you know weed and psychedelics mm. and. And just, just overall becoming a better person in general. Yeah. Right. Oh man, that's crazy. That's beautiful. Uh, beautiful story, man. Thanks right, for so thanks for doing it, man. No problem. That's great. I really enjoyed this. Thank you.